Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer with Fortis Sound Studios. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you're doing well. It's still a very funny time. Still can't really go anywhere, <laughs> it feels like, or do anything. I can do my daily walk, which I very much take advantage of. But I hope you're doing well, because it's a strange time for everyone. And I think everyone's mental health can take a real hit. So make sure you're looking after yourself. Make sure you're doing things that you enjoy. I think that's really just worth reiterating in this time. Anyway, this week um, on the show, I've got an interview with Docs, who's the lead singer of Lords of Ruin. I've been mixing their forthcoming EP, so if you like the song at the end, which is called What's Left, then it's available now wherever you listen to music. It came out on the 19th of September. September? February. 19th of February. It's good I remember these things. Anyway, it's ready and available wherever you listen to music. It's well worth a listen, and the EP that is still forthcoming is amazing. Honestly, there's some great music on there. Anyway, I'm going to stop jabbering on and let us get on with the interview. So today on the podcast, I'm joined by Docs of Lords of Ruin. How are you? I'm very good, mate, as well as we can be in this lockdown 3.24, whatever we're in now. A very high number. <laughs> A very high number. It'll be higher. Don't worry. Oh, no, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to, to happier things. Uh, how, <laughs> how did you get into music? But then And then how did the band get together? Personally, I got into music because I found a guitar, uh, an old battered classical Spanish acoustic guitar my mum and dad's loft and just started messing about with it in front of my friends thinking I was amazing and then they got me guitar lessons when I was about nine years old so it just kind of stemmed from that really um, and Lords of Ruin uh, we got together we were all in other bands at the time and me and Steve the drummer we were chatting at Rock Mantic we a few pints in us and just saying, you know, oh, I'd love to be in a band with you. Oh, I'd love to be in a band with you. So we kind of just said, well, let's do it. Let's, let's just crack on and do something then. We had many, many auditions which failed. So it just ended up being me and Steve. And then I was talking to one of my mates, Stu, and he was writing a lot of stuff. And he was like, oh, you can just have this. You can have this tune. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't take your tunes off you because I can't play them. So, you know, it was, t I'm a good guitarist. I'm not a technically great guitarist, yeah? And this guy is. So I was like, I, I can't take these to my guys and go play this. So you're going to have to join the band. So we did. <laughs> That's bold. Yeah. And um, so, and he had a friend called Sean who um, he's put the track to that we were kind of working on, which was in From the Cold at the time. Um, and another one called Walk the Line, which we have videos for on YouTube, but we haven't actually recorded, which is a kind of a ballad. Uh, and after hearing them, Sean was just like, yeah, I'm on board. I'm totally on board. And then, I mean, we've had we've had a few lineup changes, but the guys we've got at the minute, Kev and Liam on bass, Jesus, the, the way these guys play is just amazing. So it's took a long while, but we've kind of got this lineup where it's just gelled so well where we the writing process is just amazing because it's you know it's it's so easy with these guys being such great musicians and not having to think or worry about feelings or anything like that <laughs> you're just into the into the music that's the focus i guess but that's it yeah you know if, if someone doesn't like something we speak up and we can change it or we can vote on it or, or whatever you know it's just a great great vibe to be in nice 
So you mentioned songwriting. How how do you go about writing songs as a band? I'm guessing it's a little bit different at the moment as to how it was pre-pandemic, but it is and it isn't. I mean, I always um, I, I'm I was always the lyric writer, so I would kind of be just one of the guys would come up with something and and chuck it at us and can he come up with something for that and and I would try my best. But as it's been going during lockdown, the guys have been a lot more in the melody and and the lyric writing, which is fantastic. You know, I, I don't think we individually have a role when it comes to songwriting. We kind of muck in as and when we can. If I, I mean, so I, I've written songs as well, like full songs in the band can either go, yeah, we change this, we change this, I can do something here, I can do something here. So it's even if I come up with something on my own, it becomes theirs because they change so much and make it, make it the lord's sound do you know what i mean i think that's um really important is when you are bringing songs to the band it sounds like you're not very precious about it you're like here's my idea for what it is let's see where it goes yeah i mean i can't be precious about certain points or parts do you know what i mean but it, as the full song goes i, I just the, the main feel of the band is that we we need to be happy on everything if 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 if, if everybody's not happy then what what is the point because someone's going to be sitting there watching this track go out or this video go out thinking, that was rubbish. <laughs> and, it, and and you don't need that. You need everybody to kind of love it yeah. as as I do, do you know, or as, as the guy who wrote it did. So it, it, I think we've got a, a, just a great mix of people in this band that and a, a kind of democracy, <laughs> you know, within within it where we can just say, no, I don't like that, right? Well, how can we make it better so it fits everybody? So that sounds like a really kind of healthy situation for a band to be in. Yeah. Because it's very varied, as you may know, depending on which band you're in. Definitely. You mentioned that sometimes someone in the band has a riff and they kind of turn to you and go, what have you got, <laughs> lyrically? How would you approach that? Would you start thinking of lyrics there and then or would you go straight to melody never lyrics i never think of lyrics first ever it's always there um, i'll have to listen to the track quite a few times and i'll hum or even get the recorder going and just blurt out random stuff do you know like whatever comes into my head but it, again it's not about the words then either it's more what the melody's happening over what they've done the lyrics definitely come last in in my writing, it is definitely more about the melody and what what I can do to make what the guys have done sound great first, and then the lyrics and the story can come after that. When I, for my sins, write songs, um, that's <laughs> that's the way I do it. Lyrics are like the very last thing that just goes on, and it's everything else first. It is. It's you need that hook, or you know, a couple, good two or three, maybe even five. If you can, you know, a few good hooks in a song. And that's yet point. That's the bit that people are going to be humming, even if they don't know the lyrics, they'll be humming it in the head, you know. So, I think that's more important than the actual words themselves. The words can mean something later on. Hmm. That's fair. So, moving over to the, um, I guess, the start of the band. What was your first gig like together? Was it a positive experience? Was it something a bit um, bad in, in retrospect or it was quite a, it was an explosive I think I was yeah it was very very explosive experience we had Raz White I think you've spoke to him before haven't you yeah I have yeah, yeah he's such a legend of a guy <laughs> seriously uh he's since I was in my last band Rusted Hero he's he's kind of just looked after me so much and he kind of gave us this gig we our first gig was with Bigfoot um on 
just before their farewell tour, Tomorrow Was Lost and a band called Digital Criminals, who were all well-established bands. I mean, we were right down the bottom of the bill. We came on first, but my God, the, the, the place was packed and the crowd were explosive. That's just the only way I can describe it. We played we played a whole set uh, and then we played this. We've got one ballad, like I say, we played this ballad. The room just erupted, just absolutely erupted. So our first gig experience was just, made us keep going just made us it made us know that we needed to keep going was that not incredibly i mean to me if that was me in the band i'd be very nervous if i was there as a band who no one knew who no one knew the music of first gig and every other band is well known or fairly well known um how did you approach the kind of pre-gig nerves for me i was a lot of it, it, we played at the Brickyard in Carlisle, which is a very familiar venue for me. Um, we, I play it now almost every year in for Rockmantic. Actually, this weekend was supposed to be Rockmantic. Yeah. Oh. So this will be the first year, and maybe it's five or six years that I'm not doing Rockmantic. But um, I'm quite familiar with the the crowd and stuff like that. So I was and my other guys, um, Steve the drummer and Kev, Liam, they've all played the Brickyard before, so. The crowd was quite familiar for us, so it was a, it was a good first gig for us. To, it was a good venue and a good first gig for us to do that one. Yeah, so it wasn't completely alien to you. No, I think Sean. I hope he doesn't mind us saying if he if he actually listens to this that he he hadn't actually played in twenty years. He hadn't played live in twenty years, so I think he was more nerve wracked by this than than any of us. But just just pulled out the bag as you do. You know what it's like. It doesn't matter what kind of state of mind you're in when you've got people looking at you and you need to be playing you just go for it don't you and he did and it, i think after that one gig he was just like right when's the next one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's one of those weird things isn't it that you get nervous for every single gig and running up to it you're like oh i, I don't know and then you get into it you play your first big chord or you know you get to the first kind of chorus of the first song and you, you, you're there you're in yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, one of them people is too big headed. Oh, I don't get nervous. But everybody gets nervous before a gig. I always get them pre gig jitters, but I think they make me get on the stage more. I think, I think if I don't get on the stage, it's going to get worse, you know. And I know I need to be out there, so it, it, I always get nervous. But it's still my favorite place to be. It's about harnessing those nerves into something positive in that instance, isn't it? Completely, yeah. Have there been any um, nightmare experience gigs, is what I'm going to label them, where everything's gone wrong and you don't have to name names or mention people if that helps? No, I, I, I actually will because it was me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we had, I think it was maybe our third our third show was at Trillions in Newcastle and it, it's my local. I know the owner quite well. I, I think I just felt so comfortable that I was just going to pull it out of the bag and all this sort of stuff that I um I got quite drunk before I went on. So, and everyone, I mean, everyone in the band had a pop at me after the show. <laughs> and I was just like, what are you on about? Everyone was like cheering, they were going nuts. And then I seen a couple of videos and I was like, oh God. <laughs> was it a painful, painful watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to try and mellow it down like it wasn't so bad there. But yeah, I, I looked at it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so lads, I'm apologising for that because that was 100% on me. But yeah, I think that's the only nightmare we've we've ever had. We we've never had a we've never had a bad gig. We've never had a, a, a an incident on the way to a gig or anything like that. Everyone's turned up on time. I, that was it. That was just me getting too confident with myself, getting drunk, and and now we have a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Everything like that's a learning experience, isn't it? Where you just it is. You know what to do and what not to do. Well, yeah, but you think by thirty seven, I would have known that by now, you know. But whatever. Hey ho. <laughs> you know now so yeah moving over to the the recording side of the band do you record yourselves or go into the studio i mean i I know some of this but for the sake of those listening yeah so the everyone with the the basses and the guitars so i'm still basses the bass and the guitars they can all record from home it just saves us money so we can just have them tracks ready but for the sake of you know a soundproof room for vocals and you know getting great drum sound, we just feel like we need a studio for them two things. So we, for the studio, we, me and Steve, we we hit the studio, but the other guys have got all their stuff pre-recorded, which again just saves us so much money and and time, you know. And I would love to be able to make a soundproof room in my in my house, but at the moment we just have to stick with the studio which is proven hard at the moment because we can't get in or yeah it's pretty pretty challenging time for um bands in general <laughs> i think that's fair to say yeah well yeah that's not just me i mean everybody yeah <laughs> i think everyone's feeling this now aren't they you described it that it's a it's a financial thing that obviously um studios cost money to be blunt and yeah, yeah. not at the studio and you're paying usually by the hour or by the day so it can rack up pretty quick but then there's i guess there's also the element that when you're recording at home for the bits that you are recording at home you have that space and time to experiment and to work out what you want tonally and in terms of the parts that you're recording right exactly exactly the, and the guys spend hours, I know they spend hours working on the sounds and re-recording and re-recording and re-recording because they, they tell me in the chat. But, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's not even just about saving money. I just think it's it's just easier these days with the digital the digital wave and stuff all that, you know, that's going over now. It's We can do so much more from home that we couldn't before. So why why bother spending the money? You know, I, I, I really don't think we will ever go into a studio or record guitar or bass anymore because we can do it from home and it's just going to save us money every time. And it sounds good. So Exactly, exactly. And it, it's the same sound that you're getting on stage as you're getting in the studio. So it it just it just makes sense for us. I mean, I'd say that to any band who's listening now who's not sure whether they get the same quality recording at home as in the studio. There are certain advantages to going to the studio, but if you're worried about having a bad sound, it's very easy to get a very good sound at home nowadays. Well, yeah, of course it is. Because it's all digital. It's, yeah, we've got that kind of freedom nowadays. And I think we're just going to keep going with that as long as we can. Not even just for the money thing, just for the time saving and as well that we don't all live in the same place. We're two of us in the northeast and three of us are in the northwest. So it you know it takes takes time to get to, and we obviously can't get there at the minute. So and if I can, uh, I don't know, toot my own horn for a minute. 
Um, yes. You, when you're recording at home, it's a great idea to hire a mixing engineer. <laughs> it is, and if I was gonna, if I was gonna recommend one, if I'm being honest, I would recommend you, mate. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You were a good guest to have on the podcast. I tell you what, that because uh, not only that, we can send you a mix and you know timestamp all our stuff, and generally you come back with something the next day and or within a couple of days, which is just insanely quick and productive for us, you know. So yeah, I, anyone listening to this right now, send your tracks to Phil because <laughs> believe me, he'll do them justice. Thanks. <laughs> free advert great um i mean it's what i always say about being a mix engineer is when it comes to the the revision side of things getting that relationship right is really important and as a mix engineer not being precious about something and going well i've done it this way because it sounds right and just going well it's the band's track they need it to sound the way that they want it to sound that is really important exactly and i respect and as well mate if you know if you've got something to say you should say it to us you know it, it, we we are we're happy to listen to all that and, and everybody should be able to listen to the guy who's mixing your track because they know what they're doing you know what you're doing you know i don't know how to mix tracks so if you've got an idea and you oh i've got this idea of doing this let's try it if it sounds good, it sounds good. If it doesn't, we'll tell you. And as well, you know, like you say, if you're not so precious about it, everyone's going to win. I'm very excited, I've got to say, for the, the music coming down the road for people to hear it. Yeah, I know which track you are excited for. <laughs> I've got my favourite track. I'm not going to say it right now. You know, know me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving, I guess, kind of behind the scenes, but in another direction, how's the band managed? Is there a single person that's in charge or do you share out tasks how does that work i'm sure if the guys were listening they would think i was in charge but i'm not i just kind of <laughs> i'm just a bit bossy i guess <laughs> again i i want everyone in the band to to be happy with stuff i just i'm just not one to let something go if i think it's right you know but there's been plenty of times when they proved me completely wrong which is what i wanted you know, I, I'm not always right, and I just think I always am, and I think I think everyone probably always thinks they do. But you know, these guys really know what they're doing. So uh, there is no manager, there is no main guy in the band. When we write songs as a band, uh, or when we write songs, I've wrote a song, or whether Kev's wrote a song, or whether Liam's wrote a song, it's a Lords of Ruin song. You know, it, we've got no preciousness to, oh, well, I wrote the lyrics to this, I wrote the music to that, and I wrote this, so this is 80% my song. No, everything 100% is Lord of Ruin song. We get the same cut for everything. I think that's certainly the easiest way to do it that avoids arguments, that is just, that's the way it is. I just think it's fair anyways. I mean, even if even if the singer or the, the guitarist or if one person in the band is writing all the stuff, without them other guys, you couldn't do it. So why not just go yeah this is us we're not we're a five piece here so we get a fifth simple <laughs> it is it's that simple so is there someone who focuses on booking gigs i mean i'm aware that booking gigs right now isn't a thing but is there someone who that's their focus or i think we all try to i, I tend to do a lot of the the gig booking and the the red the radio stuff and i think that just comes with being the the front man more than anything else 
Yeah, I, I do try and get us as many gigs as we can, but that's not to say that these guys aren't emailing. I mean, I know Sean sent about 300 emails out to, to radio stations to for what's left. And so, I mean, everyone's productive in this band, every single one of us. There's so many, you know, articles and, and pieces about bands having massive arguments and breaking up, and it's all over usually quite petty stuff. But I think as long as you have a healthy um internal structure to your band and that's what's really important yeah if someone wants to have a paddy they can have it i'm not going to kick them out of the band for it no one's going to kick them out of the band for it you know what i mean if i have a paddy i hope someone doesn't kick me out of the band for it it's just it's just a paddy <laughs> you know, just... so yeah we, we all go through it we're, we're a good team i know we are we're a good team we kind of bounce off each other so so well in in different ways and each person bounces off each other a bit different it's just odd it's weird awesome and i i guess you if i can put it bluntly you all get on very well because that's really important for anybody oh yeah 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 we we get on we get on really well so what in your opinion has been the biggest success of the band so far um it can be one moment or a kind of a thing what you know whatever you want it to be i guess it was the i I tell you what i know exactly what it is it was my last gig at the brickyard at this rock mantic and uh, that is simply because we got the same the same um, reception as we always do at the Brickyard, just erupted with, with cheer. And it was the last proper gig we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually a year ago this weekend. It would have been this weekend last year. But um, so all my memories on Facebook are just romantic and the, the songs we played and people posting about it and stuff and... I do think that was the the highlight of my career. We had such a great gig. It was just such a great way to end it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. You know, that's, that's what it feels like, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, just end it before we come back afterwards, I guess. But, yeah, that was, for me, The I even posted about it last year. That Last year was the best gig of my career. I couldn't have asked for a better crowd. It was just insane insane yeah I, I you must have played a gig where you just you feel like you've got the crowd in your palm of your hands and i felt that last year and you don't feel that very often in my experience <laughs> a magical moment it was a very magical moment it always is a magical moment in rock Manic, but yeah that last year was just simply insane i mean well hopefully by the time that you can get to gigging again which hopefully is sooner rather than later, you'll have an EP out, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know, we just need to send you that one more track once we get you once we get back into the studio. Well. And then we're done. It's it's so frustrating knowing yeah, that we've got three tracks done and stupidly we should have pushed for that fourth on that day, but it's uh well there's nothing we do about it now. But we're gonna work on it. Like I say, I, I I'm really thinking about setting up a kind of vocal booth in my house so I can at least record vocals and get that out. Just it's it just another expense out the way, you know. Who's who's thinking? Who's, who knows? I'm just I'm kind of hoping, waiting for March and seeing what happens with the lockdown. I'm feeling. I'm I'm going to say it. I'm feeling hopeful about March. I mean, this podcast is going to go out in March, so I may be eating my words by that point. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's see how we're doing in March. Yeah, we can we can both eat our words because I really need to get back into that studio. 
So what have you as a band been doing in lockdown to stay productive in the last nearly a year? What's 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 been happening? So when the first lockdown started in March, I noticed uh, there was two bands in front of me. I can't remember who they were now. I know, in fact, I do. I know one of them is Tomorrow's Lost. That had done live streams and it really puzzled us on how to do them. So I looked into it and managed to do my just an acoustic live stream for Lords of Ruin. Um, it's so technical. I don't know how to get five people in five different rooms playing in sync on a video on Facebook. It was just, it, it, it just boggled my mind. So I managed to do it on my own and did that. Um, and I did that quite a few times, which was great. But the thing about live streams is, is and anyone who's who watches live streams and gets a bit disappointed by the the person performing or their attitude or anything like that, it's very very hard to play to a camera, yeah, and not have a reaction. You know, whenever you play as a as a as an artist, you always have that reaction from the crowd, and when you when all you've got is comments and my laptop's, you know, five, six feet away from us and I can't read them, it, it kind of, it just takes, it, it just takes something out of it, you know? And I, I did like doing them and they, they were fun to do. And it's, it's always great to read the comments afterwards. I just felt that I wasn't there. It's a way of staying productive in a band, but as, as an artist, it's, it, it's very strange to to experience a, a live gig where no one's applauding. Did you did you enjoy it in retrospect? Was it worth doing? Oh, come one hundred percent. I mean, it, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna do them again. It was just uh, I need to learn some new material because I feel like I play the same material all the time, um, and I, I don't learn many covers, you know. So I, it, <laughs> it's a bit hard to put a set together when you're not writing as much and you're not learning any songs, but. Yeah, it, it, I, I do enjoy it a lot, and I, I particularly enjoy what you know when it's finished, and I can read all the comments and tr- try and put it when you, I try and watch it in a live stream setting out, so you can see where the comments were coming in, because otherwise you're just reading random comments. <laughs> we have tried to stay productive, and obviously we've tried to get in the studio and get the CP done, and, and the live streams have, have helped, and I, I really hope they've helped other people that you know enjoy that live music on their tv while they're sipping beer on their couches and stuff but as an artist it's it, it's a very strange one just because you haven't got that that audience participation i think if nothing else doing a live stream like that is really helpful so that your fans um to put it bluntly know that you still exist <laughs> so you're still popping up on their feeds no totally and i think it's important as an artist to make sure you're doing that stuff so you're still I mean, out of sight, out of mind. It, it's, you know... Pretty much. Yeah, if if you if no one's heard from me in a year, they might not get that excited about you coming back. I, I, I don't need that. We don't need that. Nobody needs that. So it, it it is quite important to keep things going. But as an, you know, from an artist, it, it's it's very strange to not have that, that crowd participation because that's kind of what we live for. So my final question, what goals do you have for the band in the next six months to a year or so i mean hopefully playing playing a gig might be yeah. might be nice yeah yeah <laughs> shall we just shall we brush over that because that's obvious <laughs> like so we, yeah we'd love to do a gig 
at some point in the next year. That's the obvious one. But no, we we've got uh, we want to get our EP done, which is top of the list for us. We've got one more track to do. Um, we're just yeah, we, we just need to get that done as, as as quickly as possible. And and any and all shows that can possibly be done will be done. If not, I think on the days of the shows that were supposed to be, we'll probably do a live stream. Okay, yeah. Just so that something's happening on the days that someone was supposed to be seeing us. It's better than nothing, isn't it? That's the thing. That's the. It is, and exactly that. It's better than nothing, and I'd rather that than nothing. Because even for the artists, we need to be doing something. I mean, I, I don't know how any other musicians that listen to this now. I don't know how you found lockdown, but I've been in it for a year, and I don't think I've been. I've been to work for about three weeks in the past year. And uh, it sounds great, but it's soul destroying. I I barely pick my guitar up these days. I'm I'm quick to to write some lyrics down, but as far as picking my guitar up, I've got no inspiration. You know, I just feel bored all the time. It's it's a challenging situation to be in. I think there's no no denying that. So to close out the podcast, I'd love to ask you for your favourite song from the band or maybe your newest song from the band to be played at the end of the podcast. Which song is that and maybe what? why that one? My favourite track is What's Left, which is our brand new single, which is going to be played next, simply because it was the first song before we we were even Lords of Ruin was the track me and Steve were just me and Steve. Me and Steve wrote this song. So that's why this is my favourite song. I'm so glad this is getting out there. And you know, this is the this is the true meaning of Lords of Ruin, what this song is, yeah. So this is Lords of Ruin with What's Left. Docs, it's been great to talk to you. It's been great talking to you, mate. Thank you for everything.